Recording this on Tuesday morning, November 21st, just a couple of days before Thanksgiving, famously paraphrasing the great Chris Berman, allow me to be the first to wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. By the way, Chris Berman, one of the best I ever knew, after he met you once, he always remembered your name. Underrated quality from the great Chris Berman. The Todd Wright Toddcast is presented by Pin Chasers. Pin Chasers, three locations in the greater Tampa Bay area and Tampa Bay's best place to enjoy bowling, food, and fun. To make it even easier to have fun, download the Pin Chasers Extra app to make reservations, order food, track your scores, and earn cash back on every purchase. 10% back every time you visit. For more information, go to pinchasers.net. Start having fun. Brandon Legal Group, your full-service law firm servicing the greater Tampa Bay area. Full-service can mean many things, including the elimination of you continuing to make permanent alimony payments. As of July 1st, 2023, Governor Ron DeSantis signed into Florida law the elimination of permanent alimony. Now, if you have been ordered to pay it, you can't just stop paying it on your own. You need to get in front of a judge who will either change it or say, you're good, case dismissed. Find out more in a free consultation from Brandon Legal Group, 813-902-3576, or visit brandonlegalgroup.com and click the box to request a free consultation. My email is right.todd at yahoo.com, right.todd at yahoo.com. Not sure when this podcast will post. Hopefully, Wednesday the 22nd. Who knows? Maybe we get it out. This evening, Tuesday the, 20, uh, Tuesday the 21st, maybe Thanksgiving, maybe Friday. All that is beyond my control via my friends at JoeBucksFan.com. I thank those of you who listen via Google Podcast at all. So, in my All Night with Todd Wright days at ESPN, I don't think I ever did this when I took my show Changed it to Todd Wright tonight because we no longer went all night. Although, Craig Larson, one of the five best people I ever worked for, um, once, for a while, he used my show as the evening show to kind of end the day on the Sporting News Radio Network. And then, at one point, he re-aired me with some very clever editing from the great Robert DeBucky, into a shorter show that re-aired twice that was then called Todd Wright Today. So technically I did a morning show, but it was just a recrafting, a rebranding of my evening show the night before. But it worked. And I enjoyed when I was listening on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, whatever it was at the time, if you'd listen to it in the evening, it was Todd Wright Tonight. If you listen to it the next morning, right there on the scroll, it said Todd Wright Today. Always kind of amused me. The segment I only did, a, people remember my segments from uh, whether it was All Night with Todd Wright or Todd Wright Tonight or, dare I say, Todd Wright Today. I've never had anyone come up to me and say that. Um People remember certain segments that I did. Um, they bring them up. They talk about how much they enjoyed them. 
One, I only did a few times, and I probably should have pushed it more, especially based on how the loudmouths filling TV time do stuff like this. The segment was called Outlandish. And the purpose of the segment called Outlandish was simple. Come right out of the gate and make a statement that sounds outlandish. But the more you talk and justify what your comment was, what your statement was, the less outlandish it becomes. That was the whole purpose. Hold on. I didn't know we were going to have a fire alarm check. I hope that's it. I'm telling you, for those of you who don't, who, who love the wonderful world of podcasts, yes, I do these in my home. I am in my living room and I am you know, talking into my laptop and no, there's not a fire in the building or that thing would go off again and again and again. I know there was a fire in my building a little over three and a half years ago. My unit not impacted. Okay, so back to outlandish, right? Where just the statement alone is outlandish, but the explanation, if you're paying attention and if you buy a little more or all of it, the less outlandish the statement becomes. Ready? I'm going to do that today. As we sit through 11 weeks of the National Football League season, and we haven't started week 12 yet. So, here is my outlandish for today. Tuesday, November 21st. And before I even say it, I had a lot of fun on the air at a uh, Thanksgiving food drive that is annually done by uh, CMG with all their radio stations uh, nearby. Um, Jumped in for a segment with Drew Garabo and John Senning, the highly rated afternoon guys at 1025 The Bone in Tampa Bay. And Christy Knight came over, and she was none too pleased with those boys. Um, And there were various things that were touched on. One that was said by John, who has worked very hard to get where he is in terms of being a an afternoon drive co-host, executive producer um, of a highly rated show, and he's recently married and recently moved and loves and loves his wife and his dog. And at one point he said to Drew and myself, I'm a think before I speak type guy. Or I may do no I'm sorry. I may do before I think, type guy. And I told him on the air, if you're going to continue to be that way, you will not get another contract in the radio business because that's going to ultimately be your downfall. Christy didn't disagree. Drew didn't disagree. I don't think John disagreed either. So I'm actually doing this because I sort of stumbled on something within the last hour this morning. I'm actually taking a little bit of that theory. This isn't going to get me in trouble. This may make me look bad 
in terms of, hey, Todd, remember what you did on the podcast on Tuesday, November 21st, when you said blank? So it's that. But it's nothing that's going to get me fired. By the way, I can't be fired from my own podcast. When this podcast doesn't exist anymore, it's because I just decided to stop doing it. Or, yes, it stopped having a sponsor. But that's up to Brandon Legal Group and also to Pin Chasers. I'm not going to say anything that offends people to not go to Brandon Legal Group or Pin Chasers. I know. Get on with it. Here we go. Ready? The Denver Broncos could go to the Super Bowl. That's my outlandish for Tuesday morning, November 21st, after 11 weeks of the National Football League season. I'll say it again. The Denver Broncos could go to the Super Bowl. Now, there's not a, there's, you're like, well, what's the hook here? Are you talking like next year to this year? This isn't a trick comment. The Denver Broncos could go to the Super Bowl. Let's talk about what's going on in the AFC. All right. We are through 11 weeks. We just saw on Monday Night Football the Kansas City Chiefs go scoreless. This is a problem for them. In the second half, drop key passes. This is a problem for them. And lose at home in a game they had the whole way against the Philadelphia Eagles. Say what you want about the Eagles. I get it. You know, over in the NFC, Eagles, good. Lions, good. Niners, good. As long as Trent and Purdy are there, right? Healthy. Dallas, good. As long as it's not on grass. Yeah. But the Chiefs, off that loss to Philly, lead the NFL in drop passes. Second half offense has not been there. Think about the Germany game. Big lead against the Dolphins. Do not score in the second half. What's going on here? The Chiefs are on an amazing run of five straight, right? 53, 54, 50. Yeah, five straight years of hosting the AFC Championship game. Now, still, someone's got to come and get them in the AFC to wrestle away that number one seed. I still think that's... Probable, possible, but can we all agree? First of all, it's very tough to repeat as Super Bowl champions, which the Chiefs are looking at. But based on some things we've seen, it's not a given. Not a given. Even though the Chiefs have hosted the last five AFC title games, they've gone to three of those five Super Bowls. They've lost to Tom Brady in an AFC title game, and they've lost to Joe Burrow in an AFC title game. No shame in that. Just because, and if, and I acknowledge, they could be the one, get the bye, even without the bye, maybe host the AFC title game. That can happen. They're 3-2 and two in the last five years. The Chiefs have their flaws. They're not unbeatable. So, If it's not going to be the Chiefs out of the AFC, who's it going to be? 
Let me see how quick I okay. Can we can we throw five out right away? All right. So we're saying if not the Chiefs, who? You got fifteen other choices. Let's pl- let's let's eliminate. Can we throw five out right now? Can we throw out the Jets? I mean, they're going to Tim Boyle this week. Don't give me the Aaron Rodgers is coming back in a few. To what? They got offensive linemen going down left and right. Defensively, they just let the Bills hang a number on them. I still think the Jets defense is very good, but they're not they're not the Browns defense, put it that way. Uh, Indy's not going to the Super Bowl. Tennessee's not going to the Super Bowl. And Vegas isn't going to the Super Bowl. Can we throw those five out? Do I have to spend any time on why New England, the Jets, the Colts, the Titans, or the Raiders are not going to the Super Bowl? Because I'm, I'm not going to spend any time on them. So they're out. So now we're down to 10 other teams in the AFC to choose from other than Kansas City. Cincinnati just lost Joe Burrow for the year. That's probably it. Unless John Browning is the next Kurt Warner. And a lot of other things go the Bengals' way. I think even most Bengals fans are looking forward to next year. And the return of a fully healthy Joe Burrow with no problems with a calf muscle, no problems with a right wrist, none of that. So that takes the Bengals out. Speaking of taking quarterbacks out, as much as most of us, including most Browns fans, don't like the guy, Cleveland just lost to Sean Watson for the season. What do they have? DTR, P.J. Walker, Joe Flacco. I looked it up. I don't think they can sign Cody Fajardo who just was the MVP of the Grey Cup because he's still under contract for one more year to the Alouettes, the former quarterback of Nevada, who's been very successful in the CFL. Yes, even I'm looking for quarterbacks and not just for fantasy purposes. I didn't think Cleveland was going to the Super Bowl with Deshaun Watson, but without him, I'm pretty sure they're not going to the Super Bowl. Why did the Browns not keep or trade back for Jacoby Brissett? So that takes the Browns out of this conversation. So now we're down to eight. Buffalo's not what they were. They just fired their offensive coordinator. Sure, I guess this promotion of the offensive coordinator could work, solve all the problems. The Bills did look very efficient, had some explosive plays uh, against uh, a, a strong New York Jets defense. I'm skeptical that that change alone puts the Bills back in the mix they were in a few years ago when all they had to do was keep the Chiefs out of field goal range for 13 seconds, yada, yada, yada. It's been all downhill since. So I don't, I'm going to kick the Bills out of the mix. Speaking of firing your OC, again, we're recording this on Tuesday morning, November 21st. Mike Tomlin has had enough of Matt Canada. Uh, so Pittsburgh makes a change at offensive coordinator. I don't blame Mike Tomlin. I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, the last 13 years, has not won postseason games. 
He wins regular season games. There's no shame in that. But Mike Tomlin's last appearance in the Super Bowl was Aaron Rodgers' last appearance in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 45 at Jerry World. It's a long time ago. Will Mike Tomlin go 9-8 and eight or better this year with or without Matt Canada? Yeah. With or without Kenny Pickett? Yeah. With or without a productive Najee Harris? Yeah. That's what Mike Tomlin does. In the playoffs, hmm. it's not a winning record since going to the Super Bowl. So let's take Pittsburgh out. We're talking about who can go to the Super Bowl in the AFC if it's not the Kansas City Chiefs. So with the two teams without quarterbacks, with the two teams without OCs, we are down to six. Six left. It was just a week or so ago that many, maybe some of you, jumped on the Ravens bandwagon. Now look, I'm a fan of the Ravens organization. They have won multiple Super Bowls. John Harbaugh was at the helm for one of those. They do have a new offensive coordinator in Todd Munkin. But they blew another double-digit lead in the fourth quarter recently, and the Lamar Jackson Ravens are good at that. And he has to take some of the blame for that because one was a pick six. You can say, well, it was deflected. Got to take care of the football. That ball's in your hands. It went from in your hands to in an opponent's hands and off to the races for a pick six. Why can't the Lamar Jackson Ravens hold double-digit leads in the fourth quarter? Lamar's only playoff win is against Ryan Tannehill. That takes Baltimore out of the mix, in my opinion. We are down to five. The Texans have been fun to watch off another win. You know, they went into week 11 actually on the inside looking out at a playoff spot. Playoff spot? Sure. Going to the Super Bowl? Mm. Now look, we still have that stat. Nine of the last 10 Super Bowls have included at least one team that didn't win a playoff game the year before. The Texans didn't win a playoff game last year. As a matter of fact, They've never won more than a wild card round playoff game. They've never even won a divisional round playoff game. It's a very nondescript franchise. It's a lot to ask in their first year. And let's just remember a few weeks ago, they went to Carolina and lost. That might be Carolina's only win all year. That might be Frank Reich's only win as head coach of the Carolina Panthers. I'm not ready to say the Texans are going to the Super Bowl this year. And we are down to four. Let's talk about the Chargers. Um, This conversation starts and ends with that arrogant prick, Brandon Staley. As long as he is in charge of the Chargers, uh, they are charging nowhere. They are not in this conversation, and we are down to three. Um, All right, let's talk about the Jaguars. Went to the divisional round last year off a rally from 27-0 down against Staley's Chargers in the first round of the playoffs. Hung in there quite admirably in the divisional round at Kansas City. Um, Other than a few games this year, three losses, the Jaguars have looked formidable. They clearly have talent on both sides of the ball. They have a Super Bowl-winning, experienced head coach. Here's my issue with the Jags. 
too reliant on ETN. In their three losses, ETN has no touchdowns, 40 rushes for 163 yards. It's not a bad number. It's just over four yards per carry, but no scores and not near the contributions that the Jags have gotten offensively from ETN. ETN has been their best offensive player. Not Trevor Lawrence, not Calvin Ridley, not Evan Ingram, not Zay Jones, not Christian Kirk. It's been ETN. And in their three losses, ETN has been controlled. He has not scored 40 rushes, 163 yards total in the Jaguars' three losses. You take the ball out of ETN's hands, and you make the Jaguars very beatable. Also, you play from the lead against the Jaguars, and they are very beatable, because then that also takes the ball out of ETN's hands. So, for our purposes, I think someone in the playoffs, I don't deny the Jaguars are going to the playoffs, can or will do that. And the Jaguars are out of this conversation, and we're down to two that can go to the Super Bowl in the AFC other than Kansas City. So let's talk about Miami. Um, The Dolphins off a win at home against the Raiders. Dolphins haven't lost at home all year. Dolphins are leading the East. There is an obvious scenario out there where the Dolphins could just play on their home field the whole way through. If they get the number one seed, they don't have to play the first week. They can play the AFC Championship at home. But somewhere along the way here, Whether it's the end of the regular season, December 24th, they host the Cowboys. December 31st, they go to the Ravens. January 7th, they host the Bills. The Dolphins are going to to have to beat a quality opponent at the time they actually play them being a quality opponent. Because in three games this year against quality opponents who were quality at the time they played them, Bills, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins lost all three. They have fattened up on others uh, who had issues coming into the game and the Dolphins took advantage of that. So yes, losses to Bills, and that was earlier in the season before the Bills went on their big losing streak. Eagles, who have only have the best record in the NFL, and Chiefs, who we're talking about, that game in Germany, despite the Chiefs not scoring a point in the second half. So Dolphins need to show us something. Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, and then put the Bills away or knock the Bills out of the playoffs on January 7th to show they can beat playoff quality teams because it's just in. They're going to have to beat playoff quality teams to get through the AFC playoffs, which would put them in the Super Bowl. They got to show me they can do that. And until they do, I'm not putting them in this podcast. Although they could be the team that goes to the Super Bowl that didn't win a playoff game the previous year. They lost last year in the first round of Buffalo, hung in there quite admirably. And that brings us to my outlandish statement. The Broncos could go to the Super Bowl this year. I've just talked to you about the other 15 teams in the AFC, and I've made my case for why they won't. So here's my case on why the Broncos could. I'm not saying will. I'm saying could. The Broncos have won five in a row. I'm sorry. They've won four in a row. (laughs) The Broncos have won four in a row. No, it doesn't change anything. They're on a four-game winning streak. They beat the Packers. 
beat the Chiefs. So they've split with the Chiefs this year. They lost at the Chiefs before this win streak started, 19-8. They lost. But they held the Chiefs to 19. And I think there was one touchdown in that game. Let me take a quick look. I think it was one touchdown and four Butkers. Let's take a look. It was... No, they never kicked. Okay. So it was three touchdowns. No, I'm sorry. The Broncos never kicked. It had to be one touchdown because Tony had the touchdown and four Butkers. It was. Got it. One from 60. I missed that. Okay, and then the four-game win streak. Beat the Packers, beat the Chiefs, beat the Bills, beat the Vikings. All right? You may remember... In week three, the Broncos let the Dolphins hang 70 on them. In the four-game win streak, the Broncos have given up a total of 68 in four games. All you needed to do was watch either of those nationally televised games the last two weeks from the Broncos to know they're playing a little defense. I don't like what Kareem Jackson is doing any more than anybody else. But he's now suspended again. But beyond that, the Broncos are very effective on the defensive side of the football the last four games. Actually, it goes back even to the 19-8 loss to the Chiefs. Yeah, the last five. Things are moving in the right direction. They're a 5-5 five and five team. They host Browns without Deshaun Watson this week. Then they go to Texans. Then they go to Chargers. They go to Lions. That won't be easy. Host Broncos, host Chargers at Raiders. This isn't a layup schedule. It's not. But based on what I've seen the last month, based on the experience of a Super Bowl winning head coach who's now had a half season to get things where he wants, clearly adjustments have been made on the defensive side of the ball. Russell Wilson was quietly efficient even before this winning streak. They have a healthy Javante Williams who anyone in fantasy can tell you when he's been healthy, he's very good. He's very consistent. Have you seen some of the catches Cortland Sutton's been making the last couple of weeks? And remember, the AFC gets seven teams into the playoffs. It doesn't take as much to make the playoffs anymore. Just a week ago, we were talking about, wow, the Texans are on the inside looking out at the playoff picture. Huh? Yeah. Because that's how low you got to go. The Broncos are in playoff contention. And if they get in, they got some things going for them. Now, this could look a lot different in seven or eight weeks. And then we'll fall back to this. Well, what if the Broncos 
have to go to Kansas City. You're saying, okay, if it's not the Chiefs, who is it? What if the Broncos play the Chiefs? Okay, they've split with them this year. They defensively have played very well. Also, you have that whole division opponent familiarity. This doesn't even fall into the category of, well, it's tough to beat a team three times the same season. Because math says it's not, by the way. That is a myth. It's false. They've split. The Broncos have a win against the Chiefs. Yeah, they lost at Kansas City. Kansas City's 3-2 and two on their home field in the AFC title game the last couple of years. What if it's not the AFC title game? Irrelevant. The Broncos could go to Kansas City and win that game in the playoffs. I think they could win three games in the playoffs. Based on what I'm seeing right now, and it's not just what I'm seeing out of them, it's what I'm not seeing out of everybody else. So, based on that, you want to know what the odds are of the Broncos going to the Super Bowl? Not winning it. Going to the Super Bowl. Via Vegas Insider. Patrick Everson is a senior sports betting writer for Vegas Insider. I talk about him often on the Todd Wright Survivor Football Podcast. As of right now, Tuesday morning, 11.13 a.m. Eastern Time. I see the Broncos at 70-1 to to win the AFC Championship game. And I see it at two shops. FD and PB. Even BetMGM has them at 66-1 to as one other option. You could shop this. I bet you you could find it at 75-1 to or higher. Right now, by the way, the Chiefs uh, just under four to one. Yeah, just under four to one. Ravens eighteen to one, Dolphins twelve to one. These are the best numbers you can get. Jaguars fourteen to one, Bills fourteen to one, Browns twenty to one, Texans a hundred to one, Steelers thirty five to one, Chargers fifty to one, Bengals a hundred to one, Colts a hundred to one, Broncos seventy to one. Jets 130 to 1, Raiders 150 to 1, Titans 400 to 1, Patriots 1,000 to 1. So there you go. 70 to 1. Give me a little, give me a little sprinkle on that. Give me the Broncos at 70 to 1 today to win the AFC championship based on not only what I'm seeing out of them after the disastrous start to this season. But what I'm seeing out of everybody else in the AFC. Oh, and if you do want to take the next step and say, well, what about to win it all? You can get 130 to 1 on Denver. But right now, based on what's going on in the NFC with the Eagles and the Lions and the Niners and, oh, if it's only the Cowboys, tough to see an NFC team losing the Super Bowl, but a lot can change. I've been wrong about that before. But right now, seems like the four best teams in the NFL are the top four in the NFC, doesn't it? Which again gets me back to my original outlandish. The Broncos could go to the Super Bowl. Tell me how crazy I am. Right.todd at yahoo.com. Right.todd at yahoo.
Com. Go ahead. I'm fine. It's all in good fun. Unless I do put that sprinkle on Denver at 70 to 1. And then it cashes. And then it's really fun. The Todd Wright Toddcast is presented by Pin Chasers and by Brandon Legal Group. Thanks for listening.